The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thank you for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation today. Today, we are talking about personalized health care. Now, what does that mean? I am always looking for ideas for the show, Uh, you know, because once you do something every week for 10 years, sometimes um, you have to dive down deep and figure out topics. So anyways, um, this week I was looking at what my topic was going to be and we're going to talk about today. And what I thought was so interesting is that, so I just searched um, hot health topics or, you know, health trends for this year. And one uh, across all different boards, like all different websites, they kept talking about personalized healthcare, like personalized medicine, personalized healthcare. <laughs> and I could, I don't know why it was so surprising. And it's like, why is that a trend? Like, why is that cool now? Why is that a trend? Why hasn't it always been personalized medicine? Like, why hasn't it always been personalized healthcare? Why is this a new thing? So just thought about more specifically what we do in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, how we have, our doors have been open to the public now for, um, you know, over a decade. And this whole time, (laughs) we've been delivering personalized healthcare. And there's ways that we do it. And I had posted something on social media just the other day about how we do functional medicine testing and specific vitamin and mineral deficiencies and stool and all of this stuff. And even from like a chiropractic standpoint, what that has to do with kind of your overall health and wellness and the personalization of it. I think it's so interesting because if you don't have a doctor who's doing this, this is an aspect of you, you need to turn around and either one, ask that doctor. So we'll have some kind of great questions to be able to ask your primary care provider but then too, um, just some action steps on what you need to look for in order to help achieve your, quote, personalized health goals, personalized health care. So it's something that we've been doing in the office for decades. It's just kind of surprising that here's where we're at. But, but here we are. So before we dive down deep into that, let's talk about some news. 
Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News, we are talking about erythritol. If you know anything about this, it has been all over the news. So uh, in terms of a sweetener, and if it's bad, and if it increases your risk of heart disease. So here is one of the articles we're going to talk about so I can debunk and make you think about things because the average person what I found is that they only read the title, like the headline of the article. They didn't read the article and they didn't actually dive down deeper. So this is one where I I think sometimes the news can give us the wrong impression if you don't have someone to interpret that. But the aspect of you have to actually read an article and dive down deep if you are going to take this quote information or news and use it in your everyday life. You know, so here we go. Does erythritol increase heart disease? This comes from Yahoo News. So erythritol is an FDA approved low calorie sweetener may be associated with increased heart disease risk, according to a study that was published in Nature's Medicine. Researchers said higher levels of blood erythritol were found in people with an elevated risk for heart attack or stroke examining blood samples from over several thousand individuals in the Europe uh, in Europe and the United States. The researchers also found that erythritol may make it easier for blood clots to form, but some health experts pointed out only data come from research on mice and a small cohort of eight humans. This wasn't only the concern about the study. Um, so we'll, we'll dive down a little bit deeper into that. So basically, the long story short is what they've, this study, this study published is that erythritol was linked to heart attack and stroke. Now, if you've ever listened to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne or you've been in the office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, we do talk about um, sugar replacements, stevia, monk fruit, erythritol, xylitol. So I had a lot of patients who came to me very concerned because this study said um, that people had, um, if your blood levels of erythritol was in the top 25% compared to the bottom 25%, there was a twofold higher risk of heart attack and stroke. And they said it's on par with the strongest of cardiac risk factors like diabetes. Right? So if you just read that, you would think in your mind, oh my gosh, my doctor, my holistic medicine, my functional medicine doctor is so wrong telling me to do these um, more natural-based sweeteners. (laughs) So here we are to talk about how we... um, you have to actually look at the research that you're presented. Let me give you a little bit. Most individuals that I talk to right now will not remember this whole story because it happened about 10 years ago. There were huge, 
huge headlines that came out that talked about how fish oil increased your risk of cancer. It was either like prostate cancer or um, testicular cancer. It was some sort of cancer. And so all of it. People didn't actually read the, the article. All they read was the, the headline, the title. Fish oil. And so everyone's like, I'm not going to take fish oil anymore. But then when, when we did a little bit of a deeper dive, we found that it was actually funded by a drug company that was coming out with a new cardiovascular medication. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's definitely no bias there. Then years later, there was another mainstream headline that talked about how soda was not a risk factor in childhood obesity. And then when we dove down deeper, it showed that it, um, the study, it was done by like a large university, but it was funded by Pepsi. <laughs> and when that came out and people started talking about that, the university redacted the study, uh, but that, that did not make mainstream headlines. So I just think it's interesting. Though, let's go back to the more recent erythritol study. Number one thing that we need to talk about. Um, number one, we have to talk about uh, blood levels. Is this correlation, right? Like you can correlate anything in life. I can say every time I walk out my front door in the morning, I see a bird, right? And so that would say, hey, a bird flies away, right? Every time I walk out, the correlation is like when I walk out the door, a bird flies away. You can say that for every time you'd eat an apple, um, someone gets struck by lightning, right? Like correlation and causation are two very different things. This study didn't actually, it all went off of correlation, not causation. It's a little bit hard to understand if you're not in the statistical world, but just know it was very gray. It was not black and white in terms of where these numbers actually came from. Number two, when we look at the study itself, it didn't, um, it measured erythritol in the blood. It did not measure whether or not that erythritol came from endogenous levels or dietary levels. So what does that mean? Your body naturally produces erythritol, <laughs> right? So most people don't know that. Your body naturally produces erythritol. Erythritol is made from glucose metabolism and oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is negative stress on the cells. So they never actually asked any of these people, how much erythritol are you actually consuming? Because if, if I know anything about the general population, which at this point is a decent amount, the average person is not consuming large amounts of erythritol. They might have some, they might bake with it, put a little bit here or there, but they're not consuming large amounts. And that even the ones that consume it at all are the, the lesser percentage. So they asked not one question about dietary intake of erythritol. They measured endogenous levels, levels in the blood, like made by your own body. This is made by your own body. And what's interesting is the, the individuals in this study that they had 
already had cardiovascular risk. So most of the people who are there already had um, a atherosclerotic event, an atherothrombotic event, right? Like blood clots, cardiovascular events, um, myocardial, like heart attacks, strokes. Um, these are the people that they looked at. So they took this cohort of very, very sick people. And what they did, right, and these sick people, these sick people will naturally create more erythritol in their blood because erythritol is made from glucose metabolism. So we're talking about diabetes, um, people who have higher belly fat, consume more alcohol, have kidney disease. These are the people that they're looking at, the ones that will likely consume more glucose, right, or high-carbohydrate diets or high-fructose diets. And so that causes tons of oxidative stress on the cell. So those cohorts, bodies are going to be making more erythritol to begin with. But they didn't check any of that, right? They just said, what are the levels in the blood? They didn't ask those very sick people of the cohort, how much erythritol are you actually consuming? But yet they say in this study, erythritol causes heart disease. The people with diabetes, uh, high fructose or glucose consumption, lots of adipose or belly fat, consume more alcohol or have kidney disease, these individuals are at a higher risk. They have a higher likelihood of a cardiovascular related event than people who don't have this. It's just part of the metabolic process of disease. If you have diabetes, you are at a higher risk of heart attack, stroke. But they didn't look at any of that. They just took this cohort. So then the question is, how do we really know if the cardiovascular events that are happening are really related to erythritol? Or is it the fact that they're obese, that they don't work out, that they have the standard American diet, that they're having tons of fats? They didn't look at any of that in this article. None. The group of people that were – this was an observational study as well, right? So they looked at like – hey, let's look at all of these people that we have data on. And when we ran their blood, the ones that had higher erythritol had higher cardiovascular events. So the people in poorer health had higher erythritol rates. And so out comes this study that said, oh my gosh, erythritol is linked to all of these awful cardiovascular related events. Can you see how that would be a problem? Right, but that wasn't in the article, right? We just grabbed a portion of another portion of an observational study that only showed correlation, not causation, and everyone's losing their mind about erythritol. We have to do better with where we get our information from and how we sift through that information. Here's what we do know, right? And if you're going to take this, a lot of this research that they did on erythritol was specifically done in mice. And you say, well, that's not humans. Okay, well, then the erythritol study, that observational study was done mostly in mice and not humans. So you can't pick and choose the studies that you want to say mice look like human and mice don't look like humans, right, in terms of what it does in the body. Erythritol has been found to be more of an antioxidant, which makes sense, right? Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. So when we come into contact with something or we um, have this chronic stress on our bodies, on a cell that causes oxidative stress, 
then our bodies would naturally try to produce antioxidants for a healing process. We know it's an antioxidant. We know it has anti-inflammatory process. There have been research studies that show that erythritol can actually help lower A1C and insulin resistance. It reduces aortic stiffness, right? So you want to talk about cardiovascular event. Let's decrease aortic stiffness. Decreases weight gain, decreases glucose. And so when you want to pick and choose... Will I continue to eat erythritol? Yes. I mean, more candidly, I don't do a whole lot of erythritol to begin with, but I'm not going to fear it, and I'm not going to stop recommending it to patients either. Lastly, I've said it. It's been, a, it's been a little bit of time since I've actually like said it, said it. But you need to research your research. And here's why. I scrolled down. I looked at the actual study right? The actual study, not the headline in CNN or Fox or Yahoo. I looked at the actual study. And what I wanted to see was there's something in all studies called an ethics declaration. So this is competing interest. So one of the corresponding authors, Stanley L. Hazen, has a competing interest. So I said, hmm, I wonder what it is, right? Because here's what we know. We know that erythritol in previous studies has caused, um, has decreased aortic stiffness, has decreased um, oxidation, is an anti-inflammatory, lowers insulin, which again, insulin on the secondary can increase metabolic disease and cause cardiovascular related. So erythritol to me sounds like it's doing a pretty good, Damn good job. Now, Hazen reports being named as a co-inventor on a pending and issued patents, plural patents, held by the Cleveland Clinic relating to cardiovascular diagnostic and therapeutics. Being paid, being a paid consultant formerly for Procter and Gamble, which is a drug company, and currently with Xenotherapeutics, another drug company. He also reports having received research funds from Procter & Gamble, Xena Therapeutics, and Roche Diagnostics, and being eligible to receive royalty payments for inventions for discovering related to cardiovascular diagnostic and therapeutic. He gets paid for people who have heart-related issues, and he's, he's a co-inventor on different patents for uh, testing and therapeutics for people who have heart-related issues. Why in the world would he want people to have heart, less heart-related issues? Don't have erythritol. Erythritol might cause heart attacks, but when people take that out, guess what they're going to have? Sugar and all the other stuff. So we, we're brainwashing these people to think, oh my gosh, all of this natural stuff is awful. We'll put this big headline, a study with all only correlation, done as an observational study. And then you know what he gets? He gets a ton of royalty payments for people who stay sick, who have heart disease, because he's got diagnostic and therapeutics. He receives royalties for those inventions and discoveries. Why would he want to get people well. Research your research before we start diving in deep. It's just maddening overall. So make sure you're paying attention. Now, when we talk about oxidative stress, did you know there is actually a test that can measure for oxidative stress on the cells? 
We do it in the office, and we'll talk about what it is next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about personalized healthcare. <laughs> now, to fill you in, um, the reference of this is that... Um, I searched this past week, health trends of 2023, and that is what came up. Personalized medicine, personalized healthcare, which, <laughs> um, like, why, why is this a trend? Why is this something that is not happening on a daily basis that we personalize our healthcare? I, it's it's just really, really interesting to me. So here's what I've been thinking about, you know, because our office, we've been open for over a decade now. Here's what I know. I know that we have been personalizing healthcare since the day we opened our door in two different aspects. One, from a chiropractic aspect. Number two, from a more functional uh, nutritional, cellular-based aspect. Let me let me explain why. When you walk in my doors at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, especially like these radio people, I do just just love you. Um, but they'll come in and they say, "I don't really want chiropractic. I want just nutrition," which is great. Totally can understand the love and respect that. Now. Uh, that being said, <laughs> the secondary component is that something as simple as like your vagus nerve, right? We talk about your vagus nerve. It's your 10th cranial nerve. It's part of your autonomic nervous system. Kind of think like autonomic automatic. Um, most of your happy, healthy neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, um, are created in your intestines. Fun fact, the way that they actually get from your intestines to your brain is they travel up your vagus nerve. And so if you don't have the ability, the, the proper um, biomechanics, if there's pressure or damage on those nerves, how well is that communication going to happen? Which is why I see so often that individuals will go through a practitioner's office, right? It's like, hey, you're going to come in and Here's the room for exercise. Here's the room for chiropractic. Here's the room. We're going to do 10 different types of functional medicine testing, right? Like I've seen individuals who've come from other practitioners and I'm like, okay, so I see you have a stool sample. Like what were some of your complaints? And 
though the gut is very, very telling in so many aspects, you know, you have to pay for those tests. And they're like, oh, nothing. They just said this is what I needed. And I'm like, okay. Because there are times that you can have parasites. There's times that you can have yeast and fungal and have normal bowel movements and be fine. So I understand some of the thought process. But what I have seen is that everyone gets a stool sample. Everyone gets a you know, functional medicine. Everyone gets this. And it's like, hey, here's what. And by the time we get all of these testings back and you're like, here's the next step. You're like, I've exhausted all of my funds because I have spent it <laughs> in testing. You know, and it's just super unfortunate. Again, on a secondary component of this, what happens in our office is that when someone comes in, we sit down and we go through a thorough exam and consultation. And so oftentimes when people have, you know, like, you know, I've got these general aches and pains and, you know, I've, I'm doing curcumin and turmeric and increased omegas. And it's like, well, you have a, you have a scoliosis, right? And from a weight differential standpoint, you're carrying um, five more pounds on your right than your left. Or you have tons of forward head posture and you've actually lost the curvatures that you're supposed to have in your spine. And that's what's causing more stress on structurally the body. So you can do all of the natural anti-inflammatories or I have people who go to their primary care physician and they say, hey, you just need to lose weight. And they're like, okay. Now, is the weight helpful? No. But if weight was the sole cause of the problem, then what would happen is that everyone who is overweight would have that same pain. But that's not true. And what is confirmed with that as well is that these individuals then lose said weight. And the problem is, is that they still have those problems. Right. And so you're like, well, how does that how does that work? Um, so I think from like that aspect of just ensuring like what does that look like? How do we navigate that? Um, it's just an aspect where we we have to get back down to like everything should be personalized. And that's what happens in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. When you come in, we'll say, hey, what is going on? We'll figure out, do we need to take x-rays? If we do, um, we come up with a plan. I mean, if we don't, we come up with a plan. So regardless, if you come in as a patient in our office, we sit down and say, hey, here's what's going on and here's what we think. Frequency, time, cost, insurance, out of pocket, whole nine yards. So you know time and cost-wise before anything happens. There's no surprises. You have an understanding of the problems going on and why. Now, that being said, we always have the opportunity to dive down deeper into these functional medicine tests. And we do for a lot of individuals. Though that being said, I like to start more conservatively. I would say from a standpoint of people who come in who want to do like nutritional or functional medicine testing, um, we say, why don't we give it 30 to 60 days and then we'll reevaluate. And about 50% of them will see uh, 50 to 60% such great improvement that what they find is that they don't feel the need at that moment to do additional testing because what they're doing so far is working really well with what we give with the five essentials, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, right? Now, those other assets people, then we figure out like, what is the best one to start with? And that's not saying it's like one and done. But that being said, we might start with something called the metabolomics. It's through Genova. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. Now, here's a couple of things that this 
uh, functional medicine test looks at. Okay, let's talk about this. First and foremost, step backwards. Why wouldn't you just do lab work? Now, lab work is great. And I looked over a patient's lab work just this past week. Um, you know, uh, it's a husband and wife. Wife's cholesterol had, they actually both did this test, um, but the wife's cholesterol went down um, 70 points in probably the last six to nine months without medication. Um, so his were doing really great. I looked at his and I'm like, oh my gosh, like kidney cycles are not functioning well with you. I said, did your primary care say anything about your kidney function? He said, no. He kind of made brief mention about how they're going to retest in six months and how my gout might come back, like his EGFR, which is signs of filtration in the kidneys and uric acid, which the kidneys should be filtering and um, blood urea nitrogen, which the kidneys should be filtering. Like your kidneys aren't filtering well. And they were like, oh yeah. So we went through, because some people say you can't change EGFR, but I've literally helped to do it with my husband. Regardless, some of those might be foreign, but this is why we sit down and we go through. So they look at basic lab work, looks at um, dysfunction of an organ system that has happened long enough to show up in the blood. Does that make sense? Let me use thyroid for an example for people because I feel like this is a very relatable one. You go into the doctor and you say, hey, I don't feel well. Something's going on. Can I get labs drawn? And they say, absolutely. So they draw all the labs and you go back and say, what is going on? This fearful approach. Oh my gosh, am I dying? And they're like, no, labs look fine. And you're like, ugh, so weird because I don't feel good. Like I've had this body for like several decades and I know what I'm experiencing doesn't feel right. And they're like, well, I, I don't know. Like you look everything looks great. Come back in a year, right? And so for that year, you hold on to that. And you're like, I don't really know. So you try to do all the things, eat right, exercise, but you're still not feeling good. And so you go in in that next year and you say, yeah, I'm still having all of these same symptoms, right? It might be like hair loss. It might be weight gain. It might be fatigue and all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, let's run some labs. And you're like, no, labs look good. There's like one that's like a little bit low, but like not big enough to like make a difference. And we don't have like a treatment or a medication to give you. So like everything looks pretty good. See you back in a year. Then a year later, you come back. Now, all the while, we're like, how is this organ functioning? And you're like, not well. And I feel that way. And so finally, we go in one year and we say, oh my gosh, look, like this number is high and this number is low. And like, yeah, you, you have hypothyroidism. Like here's medication. But all the while, those, those systems, those cycles were dysfunctioning long enough, but they hadn't shown in the blood yet, which is why oftentimes if people have like a thyroid-related issue, I'll say, when were you diagnosed? When did you know? And those timetables are not the same. It's very interesting. And that's one where you're like, why do you start with chiropractic, Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic? Um, and the answer would be because no one's evaluated the one system that utilizes and controls those organ systems, right? Like we want to do the detox of the liver. How does your brain, stem, and spinal cord look for the nerves that go out to control the liver, right? We want to increase our EGFR and have our filters, our glomerular filtration rate work better. Well, how does that central nervous system look out? to the kidneys like how does the curve in your neck look that go out to the thyroid and so so many times and this is one where people do this and they take the supplement and they 
do the exercise and they're like, you know, the needle moves a little bit, right? Like I feel a little bit better, but it hasn't gone away because no one's actually getting to the root cause of your problem. Like we're treating symptoms, we're treating labs. We're not actually looking at and getting to the actual cell cycles. And so when we talk more about the cell cycles, this is where um, this specific test is through Genova Diagnostics, right? It's called Metabolomics Plus. It's easy. It's a simple finger prick and a urine catch. So you're able to do it at home. It's really awesome. Uh, Genova had something called NutraVal that we would prescribe uh, years ago. But the problem is that it is a blood draw. So you'd have to like go in to a practitioner or like a lab test in order to get tested. Where, you know, through COVID, they realized like, gosh, we got to make some changes. And so they're able to do that with a blood spot, which is just a finger prick, and then a urine catch. And I've actually gone through this with a family member of mine, my sister-in-law, to look at what the differences are. And there really, there really isn't. Um, but the cost, it's easier from a patient compliance standpoint, like you're able to do it at home. Um Versus like when I had to do the Nutri-Eval, like I didn't do the urine catch and like that lab had to ship my urine with my blood, so I had to reschedule. It was just a lot. So there's a couple of different things that this looks at. Number one is it looks at oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is your need for antioxidants. So we look at, hey, your erythritol sees all of this oxidative damage and our body naturally produces erythritol to be a natural antioxidant. The question is, do you have oxidative stress on your cells? This was very surprising to me. The first time I took this test, I made my husband do it and I took it too, right? So I'm like, we'll just do it together. And really when I was doing it, I wanted him to do it and I was just doing it so like we could say we were doing it together. But like clearly I thought I'm just doing awesome in all aspects of life and I don't need this, <sighs> which wasn't really true. Um, because I looked at like my, I'd opened up the practice and, you know, he had just gotten home from a Afghanistan combat tour with special forces and like, just my stress was not managed well. Well, that stress over the course of time was literally causing oxidative damage to my cells. One of the biomarkers for it, it's called 8-OHDG. Um, it's just an indication of oxidative damage to the DNA. It's it this literally says, hi, this is a byproduct of oxidative damage to guanine basis in the DNA, right? Remember A, G, C, T, or A, remember those back in the day? Remember? Anyways, so it's used for a biomarker for oxidative stress in carcinogenesis, so the creation of cancer cells. And so mine was really high. And so I'm like, well, I don't smoke cigarettes. Um, so this is likely coming from a long exposure to stress, right? And so it's like, well, how do we, we treat that? Because I don't, I don't currently have cancer that they know about. Like everyone has cancer cells, but I also don't want to have it to begin with. I find that people feel tired all the time, right? Aches and pains. And so one of the things that this evaluates is mitochondrial support, mitochondrial dysfunction, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, right? It's literally how you turn food into energy. So it looks at the citric acid cycle, that Krebs cycle, and how you're breaking down and if you have enough nutrients to be able to move that through. It looks at inflammation support. So what is your omega imbalance? This has a cardiovascular risk. Um, it looks at AA to EPA, which is what they consider um, more of like a cardiovascular risk 
analysis in terms of blood spot fatty acid. It looks at toxicity, right? Um, toxin exposure, lead, mercury, arsenic, <laughs> cadmium. But then it looks at methylation. Methylation is um, how you would like flag and tag toxins. And so it looks at adrenal. It looks how, at how you turn um, melatonin into serotonin. It slightly looks at the gut, right? Not as much as a stool sample, obviously. This is metabolites, um, biomarkers from urine. So, But it looks at malabsorption, dysbiosis, yeast, and fungal. What, um, <laughs> um, one of the things from a toxicity standpoint is like lead, mercury, aluminum, arsenic. Um, I, <laughs> I tested a couple together, right? And um, I have known this couple now for like eight or nine years. They are wonderful and lovely. And so I was able to share this with them and to joke about it and they didn't actually think I was serious um, because I wasn't really serious at the time um, but it did briefly cross my mind when I was looking at this I looked at um, the husband's first and I looked at his labs and his arsenic was through the roof and I'm like holy guacamole she's trying to kill him and so then I looked at his real quick <laughs> and um, I looked and I was like, oh, his is through the roof. And I was like, oh gosh, her, like hers was through the roof. So I'm like, oh, she's not trying to kill him. Like whatever, they're consuming something together um, that has a bunch of arsenic. They also had incredibly high levels of copper. So I dove down deeper and I'm like, hey, like what type of like vitamins are you taking? And they were taking the ones from Costco. And they're like, I heard somewhere that that's like a better option. And I said, I have never in the history of doing functional medicine testing literally told someone, stop these vitamins. They will likely kill you faster than they will save you. I said, I'm telling you right now. And she was like, well, I'm frugal. I was like, I understand that. But copper and iron are two things that cross the blood brain barrier. What does that mean? Copper and iron, if in excess, can cause neurotoxicity which is really important. I talked to a patient just the other day and um, he was asking about his daughter. His daughter is like five or six years old and about our multivitamin. And I'm like, you know, there's fermented fruit and vegetable blends. Like it's just a really good, clean, all of the vitamins are whole source. They're methylated. And um, he was like, well, is there iron in there? And I said, no, no, there would not be iron in there. And he was like, well, my pediatrician said that my daughter needed iron. And I said, oh, like, what were her iron levels? Like, what did her blood say? And he said, well, she didn't take blood. And I said, well, at five and six years old, you're non-menstruating, so you're not losing blood. So, like, how would he assume that she is anemic or iron deficient? And he said, well, we went in there to see her, and we said that, you know, we're really concerned because she's tired. And he said, well, you should add iron to make sure that her multivitamin has iron. And I was like, I would 100% get off of that right now because in excess, this is where it crosses the blood-brain barrier, which was interesting because I was looking more recently. There was um, an article posted in Medical News Today that talked about Alzheimer's and the discovery of microscopic metals in patients' brain may offer clues. What they found was that iron and copper which are, are vital for operation for a numerous amount of enzymes in the human body. But what they were finding is that in excess, they were finding that there was disruptions in the regulation 
and it was causing neurodegenerative disorders. So these metals appear to be um, stabilized with the beta amyloid plaques that are a hallmark of the disease process, Alzheimer's. And so like had they not known it and just kept taking the same multivitamin, like I don't wonder the brain health that actually came from that. Right. And so it's it's just that aspect. But then it gives specific recommendations. So it's it might say, gosh, the average person needs um, 400 micrograms of B9, which is folate. Folic acid is a synthetic. It'll look at like, how are you methylating? Like, how are you breaking it down? Like, what do you actually need? People are tired and you're like, oh, my gosh, more B12, B12 injections, more B12 injections, which is fine if you have a nutrient deficient for B12. But if you're not and you're putting in all this B12 and what you realize is you're amino acid deficient, like you are not getting enough protein, which is the building block of the cells. You have dysbiosis in the gut and your adrenals are shutting down. That's why you're tired. And you're like, let's fix it with B12 shots. And you're like, stop it. And so I look at this ability that we have. We have to start with the nervous system, how your body absorbs nutrients, how your adrenals function, how your liver detoxes. All of that comes and is controlled by your central nervous system. No doctor typically evaluates that central nervous system. Like you have to. And the way that we evaluate that is through a surface EMG and or x-rays, right? Like that's what coming into the office looks like. Then we can figure out what do you need? Is this something that we want to do this testing now? What does that testing look like? And then what do we do with that specific testing? Like what is the protocols and the plans? I don't know why it's a trend to have personalized healthcare and personalized medicine. Like that should be the whole time. Why is this a trend that's happening now? So here's what you have to figure out. Are we just, are, and <clears throat> I'm gonna say this with love and grace, is that when you have labs, at, request those labs and see, I have now had four people in the last 60 days come to me who said, my doctor said my lab work looked fine. But when we looked at it, it didn't look fine. There were lab values that were clearly high and low, but because they did not fall into a diagnostic box, what they said was that everything looks fine. Come back in six months to a year. So get your lab work and actually see what it looks like. Ask those questions. How are we addressing these lab values that are outside normal range? And if you don't feel, like think to yourself, I feel like this practitioner is actively helping me get well. That should be your question, right? So here are your questions. Is this practitioner, doctor, helping me actively become well? And if that answer is no, then you have to evaluate what your thought process is in staying with that practitioner. So if you want to change, <laughs> I'm a little bit biased, but we're a great option. So <laughs> Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. Your power is on.